are listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Danica Ellis. This is episode number 410.5. And today I'm going to talk about a couple of books that I read about 10 years ago that I still think about. I'm trying to think about what I should say in this introduction. And I know that the last time I was on the podcast, I talked about having a new dog. And I'm going to be honest, that is still all I am thinking about or doing. His name is Scrappy. He is a little pit bull mix, and he is ridiculous, and I love him so much. He's very soft. We are currently trying to house train him, which has been going pretty well until it doesn't. And he earns his name because he really wants to tell off the dogs that we walk past. So that's what I'm working on, is trying to train him into being a polite dog. He has no manners. But we've only had him two weeks at this point. So he's very new. And he's so cuddly and sweet. So I forgive him for being absolutely ridiculous and wanting to jump on everyone and bark and not be straight. It's still worth it. I think he's he's going to learn. He's going to be great. He's currently curled up beside me and not finding it weird that I'm talking to myself and not barking. So that's a big plus, and I'm going to take that win. But enough about me wanting to talk about my dog all the time. Let's talk about books. And first, let's talk about Book Riot's newest newsletter, The Deep Dive. So if you're looking for fascinating stories, informed takes, useful advice, and more from experts in the world of books and reading, you should subscribe to The Deep Dive. You get content delivered to your inbox that's totally exclusive. You can go to bookriot.substack.com to subscribe and choose your membership level. I am one of the writers there. My first post or newsletter that I put out is about queer characters who write themselves out of tragedy. And I got to talk about video games and movies and books that all have queer characters who seem to be doomed to a tragic fate and somehow seem to slip past that and rewrite the story themselves. I really loved the chance to write about it, and I hope that you check it out. I am currently writing another one, and I'm going to give you an exclusive peek that it is about the history of scratch and sniff books, which I think will be really fun to dive into. I'm already reading some articles. It's going to be a good time. So you can get that at bookriot.substack.com. And if you don't want to subscribe yet, you can sign up for the Splash Pad, which is a free newsletter of recommendations of books and bookish goodies from Book Riot staff, editors, other staff. It's kind of fun because you get to hear from people who don't hear from on the site or in podcasts. So you should definitely check it out. And now let's take a break for a sponsor. So the two books that I want to talk about are ones that I read about 10 years ago that I still think about all the time. I still think are some of my favorite books, and I'm always interested in the kind of books that have that staying power because so many books I read and I love and then I forget about like 10 minutes after I finish it, even though I loved it so much at the time. They just don't stick around. So I want to talk about the books that have really stood the test of time for me. And the first one is The Miseducation of Cameron Post by Emily M. Danforth. 
And I am shocked that I haven't talked about this book on the podcast before because it's one of my favorite books of all time. It's my favorite YA book that I've ever read. I first read it in 2012, so I have read a lot of great YA books since then, but it still is top of the list for me. When I finished this book, I raved about it to all of my friends, and that copy ended up getting passed around to at least three different friends who all also read it and loved it. And I fell out of touch with them and ended up bumping into two of them at the movie theater for the adaptation in 2018. So six years after we had all read it. That's how much we all loved it. That even after being out of touch for six years, we just reunited at the first showing of the adaptation. So I think that says a lot. The Miseducation of Cameron Post is a big book, especially for teen lit. It is almost 500 pages but I ended up finishing it desperately wishing it was longer. It is a kind of slow-paced book. It's really about Cameron Post's adolescence, about her building's Roman, her coming of age. It's really more of a coming of age story than a coming out story, though I believe the author described it as a coming of gauge story, which is great. So Cameron struggles to come to terms with her parents' death, as well as with her sexuality, while being raised by her conservative religious aunt in a small town in Montana in the early 90s. And really, Cameron is so much the strength of this book. She is quirky enough to be interesting, but not so much to seem unbelievable, Emily M. Danforth has a talent for establishing scenes by including all of these tiny details that really make the book come alive. And she does the same thing with characters, even characters that are only on the page for a few pages feel so real and well-rounded. If you have watched the movie, you should definitely read the book too, because there's a lot more to the book. Obviously, it's pretty big. And also, it's the writing that really makes this story come alive. I liked the movie, but you need to read the book. It's about her discovery of who she is, and the complex feelings that she's going through with her grief and with being queer in a really unaccepting environment. This is a book about gay conversion camp, so it comes with the trigger warnings you'd expect for that subject, including homophobia, religious trauma, and self-harm. I think the title is interesting because I think queer people all go through a miseducation. I think almost all of us first have to learn a version of the world that doesn't include us or that portrays us incorrectly, and then we have to relearn ourselves And in The Miseducation of Cameron Post, that's a more extreme and literal version of it, but I think it's something that applies to queer people in general. I just adored this book. When I first read it, I squeezed it into every spare moment of time. I was reading it while I was walking to and from work, like dodging around pedestrians. This is so compelling and beautiful. And just talking about it has really reminded me I need to reread it. I love it so much. And that's The Miseducation at Cameron Post by Emily M. Danforth. Next up, I want to recommend Strong Female Protagonist by Brennan Lee Mulligan and Molly Ostertag. It's so interesting to me that when I first read this about eight years ago, neither of those names meant anything to me. And now, of course, I've read and loved Ostertag's The Girl from the Sea, and her Witch Boy series is very popular. She's a very well-known name in comics, but I didn't know about her then. 
And it took me ages to realize that Brennan Lee Mulligan, the dungeon master on Dimension 20 and the college humor guy is the same Brennan Lee Mulligan who wrote this book. Because again, I had never heard of him when I read this. So it's so funny to come back to it now and have completely different context for the author and the illustrator. Because now I'm obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons. Someone please get me a group to play with. I, I need one. And I know that name very well. If you haven't seen the Critical Role Calamity series, regardless of whether you've watched Critical Role at all, you need to watch it. Some of the best storytelling that I've seen online, and Brennan Liam Mulligan is just an incredible DM in that story. But back to Strong Female Protagonist. When I read it, I didn't know any of that. And I was initially skeptical of a story like that with a title like this being written by like a cis dude writer. But I was quickly won over because this is the best superhero story I've ever read. Disclaimer, it's not a genre I usually gravitate towards, but this one is just so amazing and really stuck with me. This was originally a webcomic, and you can still read some of it online at strongfemaleprotagonist.com, but the final and complete version was published in two volumes in 2014. It follows Alison Green, who was once one of the most powerful superheroes on Earth, Mega Girl. She has super strength and invulnerability, but her time as Mega Girl was when she was a teenager, and she quickly realized that fighting supervillains wasn't actually saving the world, and that systemic problems require more than just punching robots to solve. So now she's in college trying to find out how to actually make things better. But superhero life isn't easy to walk away from. I really loved how this examines the philosophical side of superheroes, the moral quandaries. It is such a thoughtful and fascinating book. You will want to discuss it with everyone around you, whether they want to hear it or not, because the scenarios in here just make you really think about what is moral in a world of superheroes. There's also a queer side character who has a harrowing and unforgettable subplot. Her name is Feral, and she reminds me a lot of Katra from the Shira reboot. So if you like that character, you should check out these books as well. A lot of reviews for this say it's the perfect superhero story for people who don't like superheroes, which I think is very true. It is a thoughtful series that, and I know I'm going to annoy a lot of people by saying this, but it's true made me think a lot more about the nature of superheroes and the nuances of good and evil than Watchmen ever did. I'm just putting it out there. The art is black and white and a bit shaky at first, but it improves as it goes along, including going full color. This is tricky to get your hands on in physical form now, but it is still available as an ebook. And like I said, a lot of it is available for free online. And that is Strong Female Protagonist by Brennan Lee Mulligan and Molly Ostertag. I know I said I wanted to talk about two books, but I lied. I'm going to talk about a third because I realized I have to. And that is Prairie Ostrich by Tamaya Kobayashi, which is another one I read about nine years ago. This is a short, quiet book about an eight-year-old named Egg growing up in the 70s in rural Alberta in Canada. Her family is falling apart after her teenage brother died, and her mother copes with it by drinking all day. Her father is not really there at all, and it really falls to her teenage sister to try to hold everything together. 
but she is also coming out and seeing a girl for the first time and dealing with the homophobic backlash there. Meanwhile, Egg just feels so confused and overwhelmed, and she's trying to find the answer to make everything okay again. She is looking to science, the dictionary, religion. She's always kind of hiding somewhere with a book, trying to figure out what is happening, what is life, what is death, how is she going to get through this. And it's such a powerful story first one that's only 200 pages long. It's beautifully written. There were so many lines that jumped out to me while I was reading it. And it is so thoughtful. And when I reviewed it the first time, I said it was an unforgettable book. And now I feel like nine years later, I'm still thinking about it. So I think I had that right. One fun thing looking back at this book is realizing how it has kind of followed me through my life. When I first read it, it was 2014. I wrote about it on my blog, The Lesbury, which I was getting pretty serious about. And then a year later, I was actually on the now sadly defunct Book Riot podcast, Get Booked. I was on episode three in 2015. I had just started writing for Book Riot at the time, way before I was staff, before I was a contributing editor, before I did podcasts. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was so excited. And one of the books that I recommended was Prairie Ostrich. It was kind of themed around queer books that episode, and I had a great time recording it. And then later, and I had totally forgotten about this, when I was in school to be a teacher librarian, my mentor teacher did this program with the high school where everybody voted on a basically like a book club for the whole school. And one of the books that she had on the shortlist was Prairie Ostrich, which is pretty surprising because it's not very well known. And it had been out for four, five years at that point. So it was really cool to see that book back. And I had to write what they call book smacks, which are very short, like 100 word summary of the book. You had to do it in first person, if possible, and went to all the different English classes and gave my pitch for this and the other books. So I was reading over my original book smack for this and thinking about that time in my life. And yeah, it's just interesting to think about how the books we love reappear over and over again in our lives. So if you like quiet, character-driven stories and reflections about grief, I highly recommend this one. It's so interesting to read from an eight-year-old's perspective, especially because this isn't a kid's book. You could call it a YA book maybe, but it's definitely not a middle grade book, but it has that childhood perspective. And I think it is just beautifully done and really holds up now and still deserves way more attention. So that's why I had to add on Prairie Ostrich by Tamaya Kobayashi. That's it for me this time. Thank you so much to our sponsor. Thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink, and thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And don't forget to check out Book Riot's newest newsletter, The Deep Dive, to get exclusive content delivered to your inbox. Subscribe and choose your membership level today at bookriot.substack.com. 
You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlists and you want to show us some love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We sincerely appreciate your review and they help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, you can do that at lesbury.com for my sapphic book blog. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.